Welcome to The Hammer, the podcast that hammers down on the issues that matter. I'm your host, Mary-Kate Feeney, and I'm here to bring you thought-provoking discussions and compelling stories from the heart of our community, Framingham. Each episode, we'll explore the incredible individuals and organizations making a real impact and shedding light on the pressing challenges we face. So grab a seat, tune in, and get ready to be informed and empowered. Let's start the conversation. Everyone, welcome uh, to the third, the third episode of the Hammer Podcast. I am thrilled to be joined today by Cheryl Goldstein and Megan Todd. Cheryl Goldstein uh, is a longtime education advocate, serving on the Framingham Special Education Parent Advisory Council, and is a founding advisory board member of the Chris Walsh Center for Educators and Families of Metro West at Framingham State. She is currently a member of the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination and is chair of the Framingham Disability Commission. Megan Todd has spent her career working in student residence life at Wellesley College. She is a DEI disability rights advocate, and today is the vice chair of the Framingham Disability Commission. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hi. Wow, let's dive right in. Um, Let's talk about the Disability Commission. What Mm -hmm. is it, and why is it important to Framingham? Well... Would you like for me to start? Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. So I think um, the disability commission's role is um, multi-pronged. First thing I'd say is that um, we provide and educate the public on the importance of inclusive practices. Um, We provide a perspective of inclusive practices for persons with disabilities businesses that are starting up, organizations, as well as the government, um, about what is needed for people with disabilities to effectively navigate um, the city and services around the, uh, around the city. Yeah, I'd love to, if I could add quickly, yeah, that sure. there's a long history of the Disability Commission in Framingham, founded in 2002 um, by someone in our community who's very well known, Karen Fran Dempsey, um, was the founder, and we continue the work that that she, you know, we sort of carry out her legacy at this point with, with the Disability Commission, and we all miss her. Right. Well, we certainly do. She was such a wonderful person and a great advocate, um, who I don't think we would be where we are today without her. I agree. I agree. And she used to say, like, just because something has been a certain way for an amount of time doesn't mean that it needs should or should continue to be going right. in that direction. Right. So we need to challenge people in their thoughts um, and what they've um, always thought as, well, we've always done it this way to consider doing things differently. How do you define someone with a disability? I think I think that the conversation and the awareness is a very narrow perspective, mm-hmm. and the Disability Commission represents a very wide range. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit uh, about that? Sure. I can take a stab. Um, So I think that, you know, typically when someone thinks about disability, you might think automatically of someone with a physical disability, someone who uses a wheelchair, someone who's blind and has a white cane. We think of that sort of visual representation of disability, but 
the disability community is really one of the most diverse communities in every way. And it's also an element of, of human diversity that anyone could join at any time in their life, mm -hmm. um, whether it be through a temporary disability or, you know, we talk about um, invisible disabilities as well, neurodivergence, um, people who are on the autism spectrum perhaps, or you can look at someone, anyone, and not know. Um, what they're navigating, um, not know that they have a disability. So it's not only about the disabilities that are visible to us, but the ones we can't see as well. And the Disability Commission advocates for everyone within the disability community in our within the city of Framingham, and the members of the commission um, experience disability in in a myriad of of different ways as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, you know, not all disabilities are visible. Um, and so um, one might not understand the challenges uh, that somebody is going through at any given time um, with their disability. So there could be mental disability, there could be learning disability. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, in order to qualify for a handicap placard in the city of Framingham, you can also have the inability to walk a certain number of blocks. You could have a heart condition. You could have diabetes that impedes your um, ability to stand and balance and um, use your feet properly. So um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of room in there. Mm -hmm. um, so disability to me is anything that challenges um, your way of life. And if you're talking about a legal definition, you're talking about a disability is something that impacts someone on a daily basis right. as they navigate right. their life. And that could be temporary, too. Mm -hmm. You know, so somebody um, that had surgery and can't use their leg or their knee or their arm for a period of time could be temporarily disabled. Mm -hmm but not permanently disabled. Well, and I think that this leads to something really interesting, which is around the definition of the word mm -hmm. disability and the connotation that it has and, and the perceptions that people have around it. And, and we, I think, as a society, automatically think of disability as a negative thing, but the disability rights movement is really about sort of reframing the idea of disability. It is a natural part of human diversity. It is something that we can be proud of and empowered by and can create change around. So even though we have that that dis part in there, we're really trying to redefine the word and have it, have disability be something that, that we can really own and be proud of and, and help others learn from. I think that's, that's great is taking that negative because you do think of it mm -hmm. just – in that right. we're kind of ingrained in that, yeah. you know, it's like the mental health stigma. Like, exactly. Oh. Yeah. But taking and owning that word, flipping it around, being like, well, this can happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. It's natural. But there's a lot to celebrate mm -hmm. as well. Right. What um, what is the Disability Commission working on right now or what are some of the big projects? Because I don't. You know, people don't realize the work that is being done in a lot of Framingham's boards and commissions, especially this, the Disability Commission. Mm -hmm. um, you mean we don't make it well known? That we, all we do. <laughs> Cheryl, that's why you're here. We okay. can talk about it now. All right. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, if we look back on what you've done over the last decade, for example, with adaptive skating, 
Washakem, um, uh, the doc. Yes, That's the doc. Forthcoming we soon. Forthcoming. The adapted yep. doc. The CPC yeah. money. Yep. You know, um, Judy Grove and I spoke about that in the first episode about, about that process. Um, you've also done, you've had the beach chairs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you talk a little bit about things like that that, that brings an, a level of accessibility um, to the residents of Framingham so that they can access the different amenities we have here. In yeah, um, I, I'd actually like to um, just t- talk a little bit about like one of the goals that we've set mm-hmm. from the commission, and that is to increase inclus- inclusivity in the city, all forms. We want um, all departments to come to us for advice um, and um guidance on how to make their programs more inclusive, how could um, how could things be better for the people of Framingham to be able to access them? Um, what might be good for one person might not be good for another. Um, we, you know, thought about like during COVID, um, we brought in masks with clear face um, fronts. Um, because people with um, that are hard of hearing need to read lips when they're signing. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult if you're wearing a mask. That's difficult to go out in the public and communicate with others. So we um, we purchased a lot of masks that had clear um, fronts to be able to provide to people so that they could go out and be able to communicate with who they need to um, while staying safe. Um, it's that sort of thing. Um, being able, We provided a case of those to the school system so that they could provide those to the teachers. Um, you know, thinking about budgets and, you know, city budgets, how can we think about every single event that the city has having an ASL interpreter? That should be completely automatic. That should mm-hmm. come without even thought. Um it's that type of stuff. Right. You know, we, we spent so much money here in the city of Framingham to renovate the uh, Loring Arena to make it a level surface, which is amazing. It was the first time, actually, when that rink opened, that was the first time that Karen Dempsey ever got on the ice. And, um, you know, to see her on the ice actually made me cry mm-hmm. um, because she'd never— been on the ice before. How could she have ever been on the right. ice? She didn't have the opportunity. She didn't have right. the opportunity. So to and be able to see her do that was incredible. And right. I think like we should be bringing more yeah. people that don't have that opportunity or maybe once had that opportunity and would love to do that again. Right. And I the th- thing about Loring, though, too, was, was bringing in the elevator. Right. Which right. there was never an elevator, um, as we know. And then that brings a whole new level of accessibility that they can mm-hmm. watch the game. You're not level with everything and mm-hmm. you can associate with other people. Yep. Right. I Absolutely. think there's so many things like that happening in the city, you know, in reference to different departments. Like we've worked with the library. We've worked with, you know, many different departments. We've worked with Parks and Rec. And 
when these departments come to us and come to a commission meeting and they tell us about a program that they're doing, they might ask for funding, they might ask for a letter of support. We have a really critical voice in the commission to be able to advocate for citizens mm -hmm. with disabilities. We also have funding to contribute to make existing or new programs accessible to everyone in very yes. meaningful ways. So one example I'm thinking of is that the library did a gardening program and got gardening beds right. um, recently. And we were able to contribute funding and support in a way that allowed the library to also purchase a wheelchair accessible garden bed. Mm -hmm. So, a, you know, probably, you know, a young kid who uses a wheelchair could participate in the gardening program along with their peers and access it um, physically in, in a way that let them equitably contribute to the project. So things like that, things that are already happening or ideas that, that citizens or departments have for projects, we can contribute in meaningful ways to make those projects accessible. Right. And I think that, that, that collaboration is so important. Mm -hmm. um, I think also about the library with the bookmobile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know that people realize that that's also very accessible and mm -hmm. that there's a lift right. in the back to yep. get in. Yeah. Um, so that's another really good example. There are a lot of capital projects that are happening in Framingham now. Who oversees that? Who ensures that these capital projects are looking out for to make sure that they're compliant because Framingham doesn't exactly have a good history with making sure that uh, sidewalks are compliant. Right. Um, so how does that work? Who oversees that? So in 2020, um, I think it was 2020 or it could have been 2021, um, Mark Dempsey was hired as the ADA coordinator and his sole responsibility is to oversee these projects that are currently in place and to make sure that they are in compliance. Um, there's been several projects that I have had to get involved with that were not compliant. Um, you know, we've had to bring back to the commission and, and say that they, they need to fix them. Um, you know, like just parks that um, sidewalks don't meet up to old, you know, new sidewalks don't meet up to old sidewalks, new and old don't meet up. Um, um, the uh, curb cuts um, not meeting compliance because somebody didn't really consider the curb cut. Mm -hmm. They say it's good enough. Mm -hmm. um, right. And so... It's only until it gets elevated that a lot of these things have gotten fixed. And I will say, I think that I think that there's a lot of progress. I mean, I credit mm -hmm. the Disability Commission with that. And I think that when I'm, you know, in, in meetings with, with people in the city talking about capital projects and what we're going to be doing next, we are always a voice at that table. They know that the Disability Commission is here and we're going to advocate and we're there to sort of remind them. And then there are those of us who, who are always making sure there's someone with a seat at the table who has that voice and, and is reminding people that we need to make sure that, you know, obviously there are legal requirements as well. Right, right. But <laughs> right, right, right. And those are sort of necessary. Um, but there's those of us who are always sort of that inclusive voice at the right. table. But I think it's also that we're not going to keep quiet about we're it. We're not. You exactly. know, because yeah. I'm very right. noisy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. In, in the best I, I way. Mean, yes. Right. In the best way. Right. <laughs> I'm a good noisy. Yeah. Okay. We're not going to let anyone forget. Right. 
right? And what do you think needs to be done more to make Framingham more ADA compliant? So many projects. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I'd really love to see is um, any busy road or intersection in the city to have audio signals. Yes. Yes. That is so huge. Um, I've huge. heard from so many people that that's really key. Like, I'd love to see those identified, those real busy intersections and roadways yeah. um, identified um, yeah. as needing these audio signals so that people can safely cross the street. Right. And I will say, I have, I have a visual disability. I'm legally blind. And when I'm walking to and from work or, or riding my scooter, sometimes if the sun is shining in a particular way, I do, I do listen for that, for that audio signal. Um, and it's, it's really important. And, and what's interesting is a lot of that, um, a lot of that work we are, we are always reminding, um, you know, those with the power about it. And some of it is in relation to working with the state as well. Um, so, because when, so like route 30, for example, I have to cross route 30 all the time. Um, and that's a state road. So we have to collaborate. We have to work with the state on getting those right. audio signals at those crosswalks. Um, so that's something we're working on. We're working to advocate for. Um, luckily, I recently became a member of the State Commission on the Status of Persons with Disabilities. So that's one of the things that I'm hoping to be able to advocate for in that role. Um, so, and I will say a lot of our, our crossings downtown that are city streets do have those audio crossing, the audio signals, and they make a huge difference for a lot of people, me included. <laughs> so we want to get more of those for sure. Well, that's a great, that's a great idea. I'm trying to think of other crosswalks because it's one of those things where I'm not always aware. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, um, so, but yeah, I'm thinking I'm like, yeah, downtown has them, but I don't think Framingham Center no, has mm -mm. them. No, right? and that's right. just a disaster of an yep. intersection. Right. Yep. For I mean, everybody. nine is a state is a state road, so right. we have to work with the state on on getting those on Route right. Nine. And like, can you think of a more treacherous road to right. cross? If and you... even Prospect <laughs> Street. I mean, that's right. a yeah. you know a, a side road, right? Right. Technically, but becomes a thoroughfare at times mm -hmm. and. There's the learning center for the, the deaf is right mm -hmm. off of that road. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, um, there's hazards on yep. that road um, mm -hmm. for many children that live off of those neighborhoods. Um, just warning mm -hmm. signs would be good. Right. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the learning center for the deaf, what is your relationship like with other nonprofits in Framingham? And what is the work that you do? Is there any collaboration there or any work? We have a really important relationship with the Metro West Center for Independent Living. Oh, completely. Um, yeah. One of their uh, one of their staff mem longtime staff members is a member of the commission. She's the treasurer. And, right, Rose mm -hmm. Quinn, and she interfaces between um, the Center for Independent Living and the Disability Commission. So we have a really critical relationship with them and, and their work on creating more independence for people with disabilities in the community. Yeah. Yeah. And we also others. have the MWRTA, mm -hmm. and the MWRTA plays a critical role. Um for transporting persons with disabilities around the city. Mm -hmm. um, and they they come to meet with us quite often, yeah. um, which has been great. And the relationship with them has improved over the years, over the last few years. Yeah, um, they have a new director mm -hmm. um, and they have an outreach coordinator um, that has been very involved and invested in making changes necessary for persons with disabilities to easily access 
services around the city of Framingham. Right, and people don't realize that they're also a very large employer of persons with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one of the big highlights. If you go on a tour and you learn and you meet everybody who works there, and it is a very important part of their mission. Completely, yeah. Yeah. And and actually, we have um, the Flutie, uh, Doug Flutie um, Center, Mm -hmm coming to um, perform at our, uh, the singers coming to perform at our event on the 26th yeah. um, in Framingham. So they're coming to sing the national anthem and then they've got some songs that they're going to perform. Um, spectrum so of sound. Spectrum of sound. Right. Thank you. That yes. was a beautiful segue to the next point. Seamless. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you do, this is a big month. Yes. Uh, for yes. the disability community. This disability is Pride Month. 33rd anniversary of the ADA. Yes. And you are holding a flag raising ceremony at the mm-hmm. Memorial Building on the 26th. Mm-hmm. Why is it important? Why is this event important to the community? Oh, well, I think that. Um, so I think that it shows that while a lot of work has been done in regards to persons with disabilities that we still have so much more to do. Mm-hmm. I um, I applaud the mayor for actually allowing us to do this. Um, last year, in 2022, mm-hmm. um, the commission, the commission um, had a flag designed, and it was donated by a local designer, Robert, Robert Rob Levine, of Levine Design, and he designed and the commission voted on the design mm-hmm. um, for the flag. And this was first shown at the um, at the Karen Foreign Dempsey ballroom naming event, and that was shown on behalf of the um, of the Disability Commission. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, flag raising in general over the years has become an important symbol of inclusivity and showing that we're representing a group and and that we support them. So LBGTQ, Black Lives Matter, Asian Lives Matter, disability movement. It's, it's all important that we show that we're supporting these groups. And we're raising awareness at the same time. Correct. I think that, you know, people might stop by the event and, you know, learn something they didn't know before. Or somebody might see the flag and ask, what is that representing? And the flag is about disability awareness. And when we get those questions, we can help educate others. We can help raise awareness and and garner interest from the community and what's happening with with those with disabilities. Because this is an audio exercise. Um, what does the flag look like? Can you describe the different elements to it? I'd love to describe it. <clears throat> the flag is blue. <laughs> the flag is green. Disability rights are human right. rights. And the flag is white. And it does say disability rights are human rights. That's great. So yes. talk about what's going to happen at the event. Well. Lots of exciting speakers. Yes. A lot of exciting speakers. Um so at the event, um, we're going to open with um, the national anthem um, performed by Spectrum, Spectrum of Sound from the um, Doug Flutie Foundation. Um, we're going to um, have speeches from the mayor, from Senator Spilka, 
um, Rep. Garlic, Rep. Souza, Councilor Liam Bruno, and Commissioner Tyler Tarasi, mm-hmm. um, who's on the Disability Commission. Um, and then we're all collectively going to raise the flag. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. So- and I think there might be a few surprise moments, too. <laughs> I love a good surprise moment. So for our listeners, how can they participate? Where is it? Absolutely. What time? Right. right. So this is taking place on Wednesday, July 26th at 6 p.m. Um, in City Hall Plaza, right in front of the Memorial Building, um, where you see the flagpole. Um, and we will be out there and we welcome the whole community to come to attend. Um, there will be some seats. There'll be space for people to gather. Um, cookies. There, there will, be, will cookies. be cookies. <laughs> cookies and water <laughs> donated by the MWRTA. Yes. Who will Wonderful. come and also um, show the public mm-hmm. how to access their bus yeah. and their buses. And I love that people who attend the event are going to get a chance to see some of their elected officials who truly are engaged with the disability community and who are working tirelessly to advocate for the needs of those with disabilities because we have, you know, our mayor, Charlie Sasitsky, who has really been an incredible partner to the commission. Um, We have Representative uh, Gerlich, Denise Gerlich, who is the chair of the Massachusetts Commission for the Status of Persons with Disabilities. So she is doing this work every day in the State House. And we have Senate President Karen Spilka, who disability issues and and, um, the disability community are really near and dear uh, to her heart personally, and we're so glad that that she's able to attend and speak as well. That's great. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it's just going to be a beautiful, beautiful moment. I I love these little ceremonies in front of the memorial building because I think it speaks to our values mm-hmm. and what we're working towards. Right. Yeah. We're not a perfect community by any stretch. We're but aspiring. We, we're, we're aspiring. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But we're coming together to raise awareness about this community, what needs to be done, what, and celebrate what has been done. Right. Because mm-hmm. uh, the ADA Act was huge, and mm-hmm. it's worth celebrating every single year. It sure is. Absolutely. And every year we will celebrate yes. it. <laughs> That's the plan. As we long hope, as I'm around. We hope <laughs> that this will be an annual event, an annual flag raising in the city of Framingham and, and something the city will continue to, to be committed to. So if people want to reach out to the Disability Commission, if they want to learn more or if they have any questions, how can they engage with the commission? Well, um, we run meetings uh, the fourth Wednesday of every month. And those are open to the public. They have been virtual. um, They will continue to either be virtual or hybrid. And members of the community can always, you can find us on the public meeting calendar on the city website and join the meeting. There's always a public comment period. We also have a page on the government um, website. And that has an email where... um, the public can engage with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it includes a phone number as well. And uh, all messages are forwarded yeah. to myself. And that's and on the city website, yes. freemahamma.gov. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, ladies, thank you so much for this. Is there anything we're missing out on? No, I think, I don't I think, think so. I covered it all. Excellent. Yeah. So I end every interview with rapid fire questions. <laughs> oh, boy. So I'll start with uh, Megan, and then we'll go to Cheryl, and then we'll go back and forth. Okay, you ready? Okay. Framingham is? Incredibly diverse. 
Framingham is a great place to live. Okay. Framingham needs? True inclusion across the board. Framingham needs um, more people committed to yeah. volunteering um, in the city yes, for governments, uh, government boards, Absolutely. Um, and commissions. So true. So I agree with that 100%. What is your favorite place in Framingham? Oh, this is a hard question. Um, oh, know, it, gets, it gets harder. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that, so my daughter plays softball um, with the Framingham uh, Youth Fast Pitch League, and I think my favorite place in Framingham right now is being on the softball fields with our community and watching the kids play and it's just great energy and it's really true community. Oh, I love it. Cheryl? My favorite place in Framingham is hanging with my dog, Coco. All right. How is that? I was wondering Where how we're going to work Coco into this. in Framingham, Coco, Coco Wherever is. Coco goes, I go. Will Coco and be at the uh, flag raising? I'm not sure. We really want Coco at the flag raising. <laughs> But if oh, he is, he will be in costume. Coco, like a cape <laughs> of the flag. Yes. <laughs> we should do that. Okay, final question, and this is the hardest question oh, out of no. all of them. Oh, boy. No pressure. Framingham is known for its love of pizza <laughs> and is home to many different styles and loyal followings. Oh. What is your favorite pizza in Framingham? Oh, God, I have to go first. <gasps> oh, I'll go first. You go okay. first. All right, ready? By far, Framingham Bakery Pizza. And I'm from New York. Wow. All right. And I I actually. New York too, and it's hard. This is hard. I rate that pizza even over, and I hope none of my New York listeners are listening, (laughs) but um, I rate it over my New York pizza. Really? I I do. I I know. I know. (laughs) I do. I do. Okay. I have an answer with a caveat. Okay. I really do think that Gianni's has excellent pizza. Yes. But they also have an attitude. If any of you are listening, <laughs> they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. So the pizza is really good, but you could be a little nicer. <laughs> See, I like the pizza with the sass. <laughs> I don't need extra sass with my pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, see, that was the hardest question. Uh, Thank you again so much. I cannot wait to join the two of you at the uh, flag raising on the 26th. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, MK. And that concludes another episode of The Hammer. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to The Hammer Podcast so you never miss out on future discussions. You'll find The Hammer on the Substack app, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. The Hammer Podcast is recorded at the Access Framingham Studios. Big shout out to Jason and his team for all their help every week. Thank you for listening. And remember, believe in Framingham. Framingham.